Morning, everybody. This is John Norris, your co-host of Trading Perspectives, and our other co-host, Sam Clement, is right over there. Sam, say hello. Hey, John. You doing okay? I'm doing great. All right. It's uh, almost Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact, is tomorrow. It is. And uh, But that's not what we're going to be talking about here today, because this podcast, podcast will drop after Thanksgiving. Sam, there was something that you've been reading about recently, particularly after the midterm elections, and some of the more, what's called, progressive members of Congress. It's a nice are, word. Yeah, it's a nice word. Of course it is. They're hammering or hankering for what? Well, it's been an issue yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's just come back up again a little bit with the midterm elections, and that's the $15 minimum wage. Really just higher minimum wages, but that's kind of the uh, battle cries, the $15 minimum wage. Sam, Sam, I think the only reason why you want to talk about the $15 minimum wage is because you want to raise yourself. Hey, take it, take it how you want, John. <laughs> now, this certainly has been a hot, uh, hot topic for a while, and we've seen some cities, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's the big one. And I uh, believe they're trying to do it in San Francisco. And if not $15, and a lot of cities across the country have raised theirs from certainly well above the federal minimum wage, which I believe is seven twenty-five. Uh, and that's what it is in Alabama as well. But a lot of the large metropolitan areas have raised theirs significantly above that, significantly above 10, with a lot of them going to 15 and graduated steps, right? Right. And it's not just cities. A lot of big companies have come out. Um, Amazon's really the biggest yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Walmart's really been the other battle cry for the people that want those higher minimum wages. They're really looking towards Walmart to kind of spearhead that. And also McDonald's, particularly a few years ago in Manhattan, uh, we saw a lot of fast food establishments or a lot of fast food workers protesting for the $15 minimum wage. And my take back then, as it is today, is that sounds great. $15, who who wouldn't want to make $15? I, I wish everyone, I wish everyone's labor was worth $15. Sure. And in Manhattan, maybe everyone's is. However, I can take a look th- throughout certain sections of our state, Alabama, which, Sam, as you all know, is a poor state, and say and see just what the overall labor force participation rate is, the employment to population ratio, the unemployment rate, significantly higher than the state and national averages, and tell you that just going back to your sort of an econ 101 class, supply and demand for labor, that these people are not even worth the federal minimum wage, at least their labor isn't. Right. And so that's just what the graphs say. That's just what the data says. And I apologize if it offends anyone. So all of a sudden, if we have a mandated $15 minimum wage, it will have a very negative impact on a huge percentage of the people that that $15 minimum wage is supposed to help. And yeah, uh, people like to think about Walmart, Amazon, these big companies, and oh, they can afford paying people more. Um, I think a few facts that kind of need to be known to really understand it better is over half of all the employees in the U.S. that are making minimum wages are on companies that are less than 100 employees. Is that the case? It is. And also a lot of them are really in part-time jobs or jobs jobs that aren't intended to be career-type jobs. And maybe that's a problem with our society as a whole. It's a different argument, I think. That is a different argument. Uh, that I don't believe when Ray Kroc or Harlan Sanders, when they were starting the franchises with the various companies, were intending that a fry cook was going to try to support a family of four on what they were making at hourly right. wage. Unfortunately, this is how it's kind of morphed into our society. We do have adults that are trying to do this, so I certainly understand the heartstrings for a 15-hour minimum wage. However, help, having helped start Oakworth Capital Bank, having been doing economic work for a very long period of time, 
I'll tell you that there is no business that is going to pay someone more than the value of their output, period. End of discussion. We can mandate a $15 minimum wage as much as we want from sea to shining sea. And there's not a single business owner, not a single department head, not a single call center head that is going to pay a worker more than the value of their output for that company just because the federal government mandates it. Right. Period, period. End of discussion. So if your value is worth to the company $10, and all of a sudden, you you know, the federal government says, that, you know, your employer has to pay you $15, guess what? You're out of a job. Right. Now, there are some people... Which is tough now with all the technology that's coming out. It, it becomes a little without easier a to replace those people. Without a doubt. Uh, however, where it will help some folks, and it will help some folks, are those people currently getting paid $13 an hour, $14 an hour, where their, their value of their labor very well could be 15 bucks for, right. for the employer. So you you see, could cut into just the overall profit a little bit. Without a doubt. But, but hopefully that will encourage this worker to be a little bit more productive. Now, I will tell you this, and I, I've, I've made no secret of the economic presentations that I've made and stuff that I've printed and bloviated on, that the people that will get hurt are those people that are easily replaced by technology and, first and foremost, will be cashiers. I've been I, 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 back a couple oh, it's, years it's, ago. I, I, was, I was very forthright with it, and there are, are, there are hundreds of thousands of cashiers across the country. And I told my kids this, told my kids this, and we don't see these things in Alabama terribly much because the minimum wage in Alabama is seven twenty-five. But when I was out in San Francisco, was it not this, not this March, but the March before that, I went into a McDonald's, and guess what we had in there? The little automated checkout thing. That's, That's right. how Chicago was. It's an automated checkout, a kiosk, call it what you want, but they had one cashier for those people that just simply had to have it, and it was a very crowded McDonald's. And everyone was using the kiosk. Now, it's that's probably a, a little more efficient too. It was more efficient. Uh, I got my food much more quickly. But think about probably that. more accurate too. More accurate. And so, you know, it's great fifteen dollars an hour and all that stuff. But here we are. We're seeing what happens. At least I saw it with my own eyes. Sure. When you're in an area where all of a sudden the minimum wage is above the value of that person's output. You just get simply replaced with right. technology. And another one of the big arguments is uh, people like to point out how much the CEO makes. But, you know, if you kind of divvied that salary, I think Walmart's makes around $20 million with all his benefits and all that. You divvy that out to all the employees of Walmart. Walmart's one of the biggest private sector, if not the biggest, yeah. uh, in the United States. That's about like $8 a person. Well, I got to tell you. It's a one-time $8 <laughs> increase. I got to tell you, I... Uh I hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right. A lot of people do get kind of down in the weeds in terms of S&P 500 CEOs making a fortune. I'm perhaps a little bit more progressive than you might think on this. And then the fact Maybe that we're trading perspectives We a might bit. be trading perspectives. I really have a hard time envisioning why someone is worth $20 million, $30 million for sitting in a certain seat. Um, and that's just really the, I mean, in my opinion, the board of directors abrogating their responsibility. Because I, I'll tell you this, and people kind of laugh at me when I say this, when I can hit a major league curveball, major league curveball, 450 feet to dead center, then you can start paying me something. Because there is a real shortage of people that can do that. Very few people can do that. However, there are an enormous number of people that can push paper. An enormous number of people that can push paper. So I do have a problem with some of these outrageous paychecks that a lot of these CEOs make. Now, I, I see you want to interrupt. I see you want to interrupt. 
However, I will tell you this, the last thing I want to have happen is the federal government coming in and telling any business what they can or cannot pay their, their, their executive manager. Sure. And however, would you say that is kind of a faulty argument for increasing minimum wages? I think the validity of their salary is a whole different argument. It has nothing to do with the, with the end discussion. That is, what is the value add of, of, of employees across the across the. And the other, the other big thing, the other big number that gets thrown out there is the company's total revenue instead of their total profit. <laughs> thing about it is, and this is where we can debate it forever, Walmart's revenue is through the roof, right? Right. And their profit's about, six, I think, over 6000 an employee. But, but, but Sam, they sell $100 billion worth of goods every year, right? Right. But their cost of goods sold is also about $95 billion. Yeah. I mean, so it, you, they create you, about over a little over $6,000 per employee in profit. And that's and that's what, you know, when you take a look at just the overall profit margin of the S&P 500 or just publicly traded corporate America, we're not looking at, at Scrooge McDuck here. No, it's like 3% for yeah, a lot of them. For, for a lot of retailers yeah. and a lot uh, of... Walmart's sort of, around 3%. Yeah, uh, and, but when you take a look at it, it's closer to 10, 12, 13%. And I don't think... The even the most progressive members of the Congress would sit there and tell you that an operating profit margin of 10% is outrageous. Especially when the argument is to double the minimum wage. <laughs> so, so the thing is, the road to a much warmer place is always paved with good intentions. And a $15 minimum wage is a very good intention. I'm, I, everyone's heart is in the right place on that. My thing is just pure and cold. It's cold-hearted. I mean, you know, I, I, I won't debate that. Just some people just aren't worth it. And that will vary from individual to individual, but also from geographic location to geographic location. In Seattle, the and from what I from what I understand, the, the clearing price for unskilled labor is about thirteen dollars an hour. Yeah. However, in, in Wilcox County, Alabama, that clearing price might be closer to four or five dollars. Might be even lower. And then you then you have some issues with those people. There are a lot of people out there that might be making a minimum wage or a $10 an hour, $12 an hour, that this $15 an hour all of a sudden means they're making more money than they could be making in order to fully max out on a lot of their other, other benefits. There, So when people were taken to the streets talking about $15, there's a lot going on there. It sounds so great, but we have 150 million people working in this workforce. It spans an entire continent. And then the middle of the Pacific Ocean, as well as up in near the Arctic Circle. It's an enormous, and there's no way that you can have a one-size-fits-all on just about anything. So I'll, I'll ask you another question. How do I think we both have the same answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How do we efficiently increase minimum wages? I've, this is where I get real nerdy real quick. And... I apologize. I think there's a simple way to say. <laughs> I think I say that just maybe, maybe I've just got to come to come to grips with the fact that I'm a nerd. Um, what I think you do, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics tracks this type of stuff. You take the average or the median wage in the state, or in a geographic location. It can be state, it can be county, it can be city. It doesn't. The, the Bureau of Labor Statistics calculates this stuff, and say that the minimum wage in that area has to be some percentage of that locality. Catch my drift? Yeah. So in Alabama, if the clearing price for, you know, unskilled labor is $10 an hour, and I, I haven't looked at it in a while, then the minimum wage has to be, say, 75% of that of that median price. So, so that way you've set a floor, which is 
reflective. And floors, you know, we can talk about floors and Econ 101 as much as we want. But that right there doesn't doesn't outprice unskilled labor in various sections of the country because let's face it, in Alabama, the only thing that we really have to sell to other outsiders is the fact that we're cheap. Now, if our unskilled labor is as expensive as it is in Manhattan, then all of a sudden we lose a comparative advantage. However, if all of a sudden we sit there and say, we want to take care of those least fortunate of us that have the least marketable skills, we're going to take a look at that unskilled labor clearing price and say, it's got to be 75% of it. That to me makes sense. Now, 75% of that of that number in Manhattan might be $12.50. Right. So what we're doing is essentially setting a floor based on local market conditions. You're giving a more in-depth answer than I was going to give. <laughs> I was going to say just grow the economy. How do you grow wages? You grow the economy. Well, that that's that too. I'm talking. I'm looking at policy as well, but. Uh, but you're right about that. Obviously, I mean, we're starting to see wages, real wages, grow go up for the first time in a while with how low our unemployment rate is. You know, it kind of has to. Well, people people are having to pay a little more to find labor. Well, maybe maybe we can make the argument, Sam. You tell me. We've, we're trading perspectives. Let's share perspectives that the best way of doing it, of increasing wages across the spectrum, period, end of discussion, the best way of doing it is by growing the economy. Yeah. However, if we have to have a policy, you know, a one-size-fits-all, let's not do it nationally. Let's do a one-size-fits-all based on the local economy's ability to handle Definitely. the situation. Definitely. So, so at least we can do that. Yeah. I, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big believer in policy, uh, you know, just trying to dictate what, what, what businesses have to pay people. But unfortunately, or fortunately for a lot of people, that is what we have. So let's, let's have a good way of going about things that reflect the situation. I agree with that. So, so I mean, in terms of a $15 minimum wage, I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't think we should be setting labor price, the cost of labor uniformly across a massive continental economy, which has a ton of regional differences. And I think you have to, everyone, when they see the minimum wage, thinks of the big companies. Yeah, of course they do. They think of McDonald's. They think of McDonald's and they think of... McDonald's, Walmart, when they did Seattle, they probably think of Starbucks. But (laughs) just how many other companies, like I said, over half the minimum wage employees are in companies that are less than 100 people. Yeah. I I mean, that, that can decimate a company doubling maybe half your employees. Well, the thing is, this is what I found kind of comical. When they were, were, people were complaining about McDonald's and why they need to pay $15 an hour and what have you, McDonald's has very few actual company employees working in, in units. They're actually, they're actually working for franchisees. So, you know, if I work for McDonald's here in Birmingham, Alabama, I'm not actually working for corporate McDonald's. I'm working for the Birmingham franchisee. Right. So the McDonald's can pay, the McDonald's corporate can pay, you know, $15 all they want. They can't legally force their franchisee to pay $15. That's a good point. So, again, this is where the devil gets in the details. And this is where actually helping to start a company, I actually get get a lot of the details a little bit more than uh, maybe the average person. And people tell me I'm not any good at details, but the thing is, I actually, <laughs> I'm actually down with this. I get this. Now, that's kind of how I feel about the, about the $15 minimum wage. Great idea. People's hearts are in the right place. Oh, sure. I mean, no but, one's... <laughs> it, it, but but it's, it's not good. It's not a good overall policy for the economy. Much more people, in my opinion, will be hurt 
then then benefit from it. I guess where we are now with the minimum wage is it seven twenty five, seven fifty? Seven twenty five. I guess that's something that kind of would work as a floor across all the country, which is why it's working right now. I guess. That's right. That's absolutely right. Once you get up to fifteen dollars <clears throat> an hour, you're making it only work in certain areas. Um, if 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 that. Yeah. Now with that, I think we've 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 traded some perspectives and we've shared some. I before we go here today, and this is a little bit shorter than normal. I've got to <laughs> ask you a little bit about Thanksgiving. By the time people listen to this, you will have done this. What are some of the big Clement family dishes that you we're, have? We're pretty traditional. Okay. What what do you have? Uh, desserts, pumpkin pie, apple pie, turkey. Uh, we do we do a um, honey baked ham too. That's usually a crowd favorite. Really? Yeah. A ham? No turkey. And turkey. Turkey, turkey too. Do you have like any stuffing? Or oh yeah, like stuffing, sweet potatoes, green bean casserole. Man, love the green bean casserole. Yeah, it's a crowd favorite. It is a crowd favorite. It's pedestrian food. I mean, a couple of cans. It's of really hard mushrooms. to mess up. It is hard. Never to mess had up. a which, bad green bean which, casserole. Which is why I make it every year. Here in my family, uh, you know, I have is that white. your your job? They divvy out the green bean casserole to you. <laughs> There's <laughs> one one year we had at my sister's house. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I, I can tell you I can tell you this. I know she won't hear about this. Um, whenever there, she had uh, sweet potatoes, she had stuffing, uh, rolls, and turkey, and it was carbolicious. It was a carbolicious Thanksgiving, and I told myself never again. So I am going. So I decided to make some uh, green bean casserole. Now I'm not saying that's super nutritious but at least once at least you can feel better about I at least want a little green on my plate. Right. catch my drip yeah so by the time you hear this sam will have had a couple of different types of pie and a whole bunch of ham i'm thinking and i will have down probably half a casserole of green bean casserole i'd be there with you oh, that's awesome all right well gang thank you so much for listening as always we love to hear from our listeners so if you have any questions or comments please let us know you can send us an email to trading perspectives at oakworthcapital.com or just leave us a review on the podcast outlet of your choice sam we gave away another t-shirt this week you know remember last week i think we gave it away to brad chastain yep. of greenville south carolina now this year i'm pretty <laughs> i'm pretty certain that this is not this person's real name but this is what they actually—they they actually get, they gave us a mailing address by the person's name. They said was Jiminy Cricket. I do not think that's that real person. That person's you never know. You know, um, but Jiminy Cricket out there. Thank you so much for listening and <laughs> telling us to talk about the fifteen-dollar minimum wage. So if you're interested in hearing more of what we have to say or what we're thinking about the markets or what have you, you can always go to oakworthcapital.com and check out the Thought Leadership tab, and there you will find our blog, Common Sense, as well as a whole bunch of other good economic information. So with that, Sam. See you next week. Y'all take care.